What's going on, y'all? As always, you know, you are tuned into Inside the Room with Brandon McGee, where we discuss politics, leadership, and culture. And, you know, every now and again, we have an amazing guest to be inside the room with us. And hopefully last week, y'all enjoyed me, okay? We talked about news, we talked about politics, we did the whole nine. Um, But anyway, anyway, we have someone inside the room today She is no stranger uh, to politics, leadership, and culture, but she specializes. um, She's a licensed therapist, uh, marriage, excuse me, and family therapist who assists individuals with awakening uh, their strengths uh, to achieve solutions. Um, We have inside the room, y'all, Dr. Danny um, Moy, PhD, LMFT. She's going to go through all these acronyms, y'all. And she's also um, one of, well, I'm not going to get in trouble, but she is a Delta. She's a part of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. uh, So, you know, she's going to bring some heat. Uh, But driven by her own story of triumph, Dr. Danny believes that your past victories serve as constant reminders of your ability to thrive. From motivating women to develop a different type of relationship with their emotions to challenging families to rediscover their strengths, Dr. Danny is always curious about the power of change within a relational context. Y'all, let's welcome Dr. Danny to Inside the Room. What's going on? Hey. What's going on? <laughs> Thanks for having so, me. Absolutely. So tell, I mean, it's always cute to read a bio, but like, tell the people who you are. Um, and again, we have listeners from all over the country. Tell these folks okay. who you are. So yes, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. And what that means and how that's different from a psychologist or a licensed professional counselor or a social worker um, is I view things through the context of relationships. So a lot of my training is what we call systemic, meaning that we, even if I'm working with an individual, a couple, a family, we always take it back to the family of origin. What did you learn in your family of origin and how has that influenced who you've come to be? Um, And and so a lot of my work entails um, helping people kind of reach back and discover some of the patterns that they may have learned over the years, the ones that may be outdated, ones that they probably could replace, you know, with some um, more helpful ones or sustainable ones. Um, But a lot of my work has to do with, um, you know, just helping individuals realize that we function not in a vacuum, but through the context of relationships, through the context of systems, our community, um, the organizations that we belong to, all of those things are a part of who we are. And, you know, it's important to know who you are and what defines that. Um, And so a lot of times I work with youth, you know, who are trying to change um, some of their behaviors to make better choices moving forward. So full-time. Wait, 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 back up a little bit. I want to jump into your work, but I want to know about you. Like what got you involved in just therapy and the importance of it and an emphasis on women. I mean, we just celebrated Women History Month. I think it's women history every single day, 365. (laughs) However, like what got you so enamored, involved, Mm -hmm. excited about this work that you wanted to use your personal story, your personal Mm -hmm. ability and insight 
to help others? Like, how did you get from like Danny to like now the Dr. Danny? <laughs> you right. Boy, like, <laughs> yeah, like, so what's what's good? Like, talk it to the, the whole journey. So honestly, when I was a young person growing up in Connecticut, I really, really struggled not only with my, you know, responding to, to my environment. Um, sometimes I struggled with my academic journey. Um, I did my undergrad at University of Hartford. And I started out a communications major, <laughs> which has nothing to do with this. Um, and then, you know, someone introduced me to gender studies. And through gender studies, I came in contact with a teacher who was a therapist. And I was like, wait a minute, well, how do I get to that level? Um, Cause there, there was no, there were no counseling programs at UHart. They had psychology, but with psychology, if you wanna be a therapist, you have to go all the way through to the doctorate. Um, and so I was like, well, I, I wanna be a therapist. So I looked into um, the different options that were out there. And I came in contact with Central Connecticut State University's Marriage and Family Therapy Program. And um, it intrigued me because it was different. It was like, you're focusing on your family and how they mm. have impacted your ability to navigate this world, to make choices um, in your relationships. Um, and all I could think about was, you know, I really grew up in a very, very strict Christian home. Um, and so I was curious. I was like, oh, I have new, <laughs> new and, and of course, and of course, all, all we have ever been told is you better pray. And exactly, that's it. Exactly. And my pastor and my youth pastor. And that's good. Don't get me wrong. Prayer works. Yes. Prayer works. <laughs> exactly. But my counselor for a while was Sunday school, my youth counselor, yep. and the praise yep. team. That's mm -hmm. it. Um, mm -hmm. but I was like, oh, so there, there are other ways to handle these emotions. There are other ways to handle the things that life sometimes unexpectedly throws your mm. way. Um, and that's what made me curious. I really wanted to not only talk about my experience, you know, even as a survivor of, um, childhood trauma, mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to encourage people to look within themselves. And, you know, sometimes you look within your family, like how did this person make it through those hard times? And um, how can I implement- Ooh, I got some stories. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> and I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure folks listening probably can agree with you a thousand and one percent. Like there are so many stories that from our own personal experiences, but our family experiences yeah. and trauma Mm -hmm. that we have been forced to keep our mouths shut and figure out how to deal with it. And it comes, it rears its ugly head years down the line. Um, but anyway, 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 this is about you. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the session. I feel like I'm in the session. So, so yes, that's what got me interested in it. And so then I started doing um, in-home work and mm. that's when I really got to see, wow, like, families really do go through a lot of things and what you see on the surface is nothing compared to what happens um, behind closed doors off of social media behind the filters you know and so uh, I just I developed a level of um, compassion for mm -hmm. um, individuals who are trying to find some balance in their lives <laughs> wow um, so so you know there's been um sort of, let's just say many have experienced relationships in its different phases, especially during and following this 
COVID-19 pandemic and mm -hmm. Lord have mercy. They talking about another wave. No. Uh, so let's, let's pray against that. Yes. But with couples stuck in the house, I mean, my wife and I, we were in this small space with mm -hmm. our two kids. There were some days when, uh, yeah, it was yeah. tough, it right? So couples stuck in the house, homeschooling your child or your children, and then facing financial and health concerns on top of that. Yeah. Um, interest in divorces, from what I read, skyrocketed about 30% in the US. And newly uh, married couples were uh, the most likely to file for divorce. Mm -hmm. um, what types of, of, I guess, and just to put a plug here, she's not going to give y'all too much because we need we need to drive some of y'all to take advantage of her fee for services, okay? Uh, but it is, you know. So my question is like, what kind of guidance during this time would you would you give individuals, couples dealing with these post pandemic concerns? And and before you answer that, perhaps talk a little bit about how the pandemic has enlightened um, many of us, especially black and brown people who kind of frowned upon, you know, therapy for a little while, yes. um, and especially women of color, mm -hmm. you know, have you seen an uptick in, in requests for your services online, telehealth, et cetera, and then kind of back into mm -hmm. um, many of the impacts that it's had on couples? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I have definitely noticed a huge shift in the level of um, awareness around mental health during the pandemic simply because we were forced into social isolation. And I mean, the whole concept of the human experience is connection. And so when you take that away from children, when you take that away from families, when you have, you know, loved ones who are in a nursing home and they don't have anyone coming to visit them, like, just placing yourselves in, in those individual shoes and in, in that abrupt change like that for such a long period of time. And yes, even just two years or more is a long period of time um, is a lot. And it creates a sense of um, discomfort. It creates a sense of sometimes anxiety, um, just not knowing when are things going to go back to normal or what is normal anymore. Um, I did notice a lot of women who were starting to realize, hmm, do I benefit from working from home or is this telling me more about the company I'm working for? Like what, they started to pay more attention to their social environments. Um, you know, there were a no, lot No, I had questions because I oh. felt like I was more productive at home than at work. <laughs> yeah, and what does that say about the work environment? What is it about these other environments that create such tension? Mm. Um, and so I noticed that. Um, I also noticed a lot of parents were becoming frustrated because parents are not trained to be teachers, <laughs> you know? And so putting that on them along with the expectation of them completing their work schedules day in and day I'm, out. I'm shaking my head because, and I don't mean to interrupt your thoughts, um, but I just remember that moment so I have a, a soon-to-be three-year-old in May mm -hmm. and then a five-year-old in June. And I could remember those moments when I was just like, wow, I appreciate educators. I appreciate childcare providers, the daycares, because I think we take, I'll speak for myself, I take 
a lot for granted when my kids are away seven and a half hours a day. I'm like, oh my God, can they go to school, please? <laughs> so I can get a breather and keep my sanity. But it really taught me a lot about myself um, and also the importance of, of those other resources. Uh, but anyway, you bring up a lot of great points. Yeah. Um, and so Absolutely. And then when it came to, you know, how do we keep these social groups going? You know, we started having Zoom parties and Zoom graduations. Um, and then when I think about college students not being able to have their grandparents see them walk across an actual stage, and what that meant to me, like, it's just, it was a lot. <laughs> it was, it was really a lot. Um, and so what I noticed with a lot of mental health professionals offering, you know, free spaces online for people to just come and just have, have a safe space to talk about, you know, what was going on for them on an emotional mm -hmm. level and how that was impacting them. Um, and that's when people were like, you know what, maybe I do need to get into some therapy. Um, so did you, did you see in your own practice, and we'll talk on the other side of our, our next segment, we'll talk about your private practice, but did you just did you see an increase in like people inboxing you? Hey doc, I need to figure out whether you can take me on as a client or yeah. recommend, refer me to someone. Mm -hmm. Like talk to me a little bit about like those different demographics of people um, that really wanted to, to utilize your services, especially yeah. black, especially black women. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so for a lot of people, um, there were requests to have um, just a safe space to talk about what was happening in their work environments. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of Black women, especially because a lot of us are taught growing up, one, what happens at home stays at home. And two, you know, there's a lot of discretion around our private spaces. And mm -hmm. so welcoming coworkers and colleagues into their private spaces via Zoom, via all these things, made some people uncomfortable, you know, and some people wanted to talk about that process. Um, some people wanted to talk about, you know, not feeling as appreciated by their jobs to continue um, performing strength at the expense of their wellness or their health. Um, some people felt as though maybe their jobs didn't understand that this was having an impact on their emotional abilities um, to show up the same. Um, you know, I mean, we were living through a pandemic. And so, um, and then not to mention with COVID, just the whole idea of having to change up so many um, aspects of your lifestyle to, you know, you, you want it to adhere to the health regulations and all those things. Um, but that caused a lot of depression for some. Some people started drinking alcohol more, like so many things started to shift in various family systems because of this. Um, hmm. Very, very, very interesting. And I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me, um, you know, about like, even when you made the comment about, you know, we were told, and this even for young men, men in general, like what happens at home stays at home and mm -hmm. you better not say nothing. Um, you know, I'm just wondering like what other outlets were women sort of given during this period, right? You all are expected to be the caregivers, the everything, you know, and nothing against my, my brothers, you know, we take care of what we need to take care of as well. Um, so, 
But um, it's just interesting, you know, since I know that women experience depression at rates twice that of men, uh, society tends to expect the percentage of Black women receiving care to mirror that of white women. Um, you know, and however, uh, Black women are only about half as likely to seek care, which right. is really what I'm trying to drive drive home. What are those reasons why, right? We, we, we mentioned sort of the historical mm -hmm. family type reasons yeah. why, but is it like distrust or just like, there are not enough professionals like you that look like them um, so, in that yeah. space. Mm -hmm. And again, y'all, y'all listening. She, she, <laughs> she supports all types of women. Okay, from all walks of life. I <laughs> am choosing to ask specifically about Black women. So, anyway, sorry, I had to put that in there. No worries at all. So, for Black women specifically, yes, there is a level of distrust, and I was going to get into that because I did get a lot of referrals with people having distrust in this whole vaccine thing. You know, Black people historically right have had a level of okay hold okay all right because you're about to go into some real <laughs> good and i want to chime in on it so what we're going to do um if you're just tuning in to inside the room with myself b mcgee brandon mcgee uh where we discuss politics leadership and culture we are having a very amazing conversation uh with dr danny uh and listen you don't want to go anywhere you want to stay right here tuned in as a matter of fact Share it with your family members, your sister friend, your whoever, uh, so that they can get some of these gems and information on the importance of therapy, uh, family uh, therapy, marriage therapy, all that good stuff. All right. So y'all keep it locked. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back.